I think we are recording. We're live. Let's go. Yeah. Uh, yes. Well, good morning, City Light South. This looks way different than anything we've done, even different from when we were kind of cooped up in homes back in March and April. Uh, and that's okay, church. We're excited that you're gathering with us online in your homes, in your PJs. Maybe you got together with some friends within the church and you're watching it together in each other's homes. I don't know what you're doing, but I'm excited. And I want to thank you so much for joining us this morning. Ricky and I uh, have something fun planned for us this morning as we do some things a little bit differently since we're not in the building, uh, but we're going to study God's word. We're going to worship Jesus, and it's going to be an absolute blast. Church, uh, as we keep moving forward to the rest of the morning, I, I know it's a little different. I know it, it maybe doesn't feel the same being in the actual church building uh, and seeing people hugging people uh, or shaking high fives uh, is what I should really say. Uh, oops. But uh, anyway, church, we love you. Know that we miss you so, so much. Uh, and we know that this is different, but hey, let's just dive into it a little deeper. Let's just say okay, we can't meet today uh, in person, but let's still meet online. Let, let's try to be intentional with one another. Let's try to be intentional with God's word as we sit with it. Uh, and as we just hear some sweet, sweet things that the Lord has done. Uh, and as we glean from it together as a church. So uh, yeah, we're excited to dive in together. We're excited to meet with you online. Uh, we love you. We miss you. Uh, Ricky, you got some announcements for us, bro? Yeah. Yeah. And guys, uh, you know, it is exciting that we just still get to still get to do something. We still get to get into God's word. We still get to worship together. So, uh, yeah, we are excited about that, even though we do miss you. Um, yeah, a couple announcements. So one coming up this Friday, uh, Friday evening to Saturday morning, we're going to have a father son camping trip. And if you don't yes. have, have a son or kids or whatever, it's, you know, Hey, and your guy like still come, we'd still love to have you. So it'll be, five bucks um, plus whatever the park fee is, but we're going to go to wagon train. So just a little bit South of town and it starts at five o'clock PM on Friday. Then we'll go to about noon on Saturday, but it'll be so good to just get some time together to, to spend uh, time with, with each other, just as, as, as guys, as dads, uh, to just build those relationships, but also build relationships with our kids, with our sons. And Marcella has worked really hard on just making this intentional. I know that, what we have is just sometimes I'm like, I'm, I'm looking actively looking forward to, to have some intentional time with my boys uh, to just point them to Jesus and to disciple them. So we want to come alongside of you as parents to disciple your kids. This will be a great, great opportunity uh, to do that. And so sign up online, uh, please sign up by Monday so we can get all the supplies ready. Um, you could sign that up on the Facebook or, or the website. Um, by the way, I'm also like my super cool shirt. That says social distancing world champion. So yeah, it kind of doing that right now. Yeah. Um, um, other announcement is, um, oh gosh, I'm blanking, but hey, it's giving. You know, we uh, want to be a people that lives sufficiently, but gives extravagantly because Jesus has given extravagantly to us. And, you know, and, and um, you know, just as we want to regularly meet, you know, in person or online, but we also want to regularly worship God with everything. So, uh, for, you know, worshiping God with our finances, you could go online, man, I still use my hands a lot. Um, we could go online, uh, to city Church, Um, or you could, 
Yeah, gosh, or, or the giving box. You could you could just kind of move there to the giving box and put that in there. So, um, but yeah, uh, we just invite you to worship God with our finances. Um, man, and I'm just, what was the last announcement? It's, uh, hey, we're doing our different meet and greet, or we're doing a meet and greet today. <laughs> hey, so last thing is, hey, right now, since we're not meeting a person, we still want to connect. Uh, we want to build this family and so connect in real relationships. So, hey, right now, grab your phone. You probably already have it, but go ahead and grab it. And why don't you just text somebody? Text somebody within the church family um, and just tell them hi. Say, hey, join me online if you're not already. But go ahead and text somebody hi. Say, hey, I'm thinking of you. So I am going to text someone. You could even text me and Alex. We might feel a little bad if we don't get any, maybe. So, yeah. Bam. Oh, thanks. Thanks, Alex. You text me. Thank you, Rick. <laughs> Good morning, Alex. Um, so go ahead and text somebody. Uh, but, hey, you know, don't have your phones out the entire time. Uh, but go ahead. You can ask them a silly question or something like that if you want. Yes, I love it. Um, while you guys are, are greeting each other this morning, I do want to talk about um, just what we're going to do. It's, it, it is a little different. Ricky and I uh, just kind of thought, hey, um, what if just with the difference of being in our offices, in our homes and doing this whole thing, what if we did the sermon message a little different? And so uh, while we have some stuff, some great stuff prepared for you guys, we've labored over the text, we've studied it, uh, we're, we're doing something different. It won't be so much uh, preachy sermony, uh, but Ricky and I are actually going to slowly walk through the text together. We're just going to study God's word uh, with one another, see some different things, uh, and just encourage each other and, and encourage you guys as the church to uh, keep uh, just studying God's word and what we can glean from Acts chapter eight as we dive into that. And so it will be a little different together, uh, but I'm excited. It'll be fun yep. for uh, Ricky and I to team teach this thing. It'll be something you you really don't see in church very often, but it'll be a blast because this is what we hope to see in your life, right? This is what we hope to see as the church, as the gathered body, as God's people to study God's word together, to learn about him, to encourage him, to sharpen one another. So uh, we're just going to do that together and it's going to be a blast. So uh, I want to pray for our time together this morning. Uh, and then we're going to read the, the passage that we're going to study today. So uh, let me pray uh, for our time and pray for you, churches. You're at home. Uh, Lord, I am so grateful that um, even in the means of coronavirus and, uh, and everything that's just kind of happening and the weirdness and awkwardness, uh, you've still provided a way for us to worship you with technology. Uh, so beautiful, so cool, Lord. So we are so grateful that uh, we get to stream online a live gathering where we get to just hang out with our families in our homes, but also just worship you, God, that we get to sit under your word, that we get to take in just from your scriptures, and that we get a dialogue together uh, just about what you're teaching us, Lord. So I pray that this would be fruitful in our hearts and in our minds, that uh, this would soak into our bones and we would walk away loving you more, growing in our relationship with you more, continuing to walk in obedience with you more, Lord. Uh, would your Holy Spirit just continue to move in our hearts, God? Would we be stirred up in affection towards you? Uh, Lord, we love you. We thank you. It is in your beautiful name. Amen. 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 So church, if you want, actually, I, I would love for you to grab your Bible, physically grab it 
And uh, I'm going to read Acts uh, chapter 8. So Acts 8, and then we're going to read verses 4 through 25. So I'll, I'll start. It says this. Now those who were scattered went about preaching the word. Philip went down to the city of Samaria and proclaimed to them the Christ. And the crowds with one accord paid attention to what was being said by Philip when they had heard him and saw the signs that he did. For unclean spirits crying out with a loud voice came out of many who had them, and many who were paralyzed or lame were healed. So there was much joy in that city. But there was a man named Simon who had previously practiced magic in the city and amazed the people of Samaria, saying that he himself was somebody great. They all paid attention to him from the least to the greatest, saying, This man is the power of God that is called great. And they paid attention to him because for a long time he had amazed them with his magic. But when they believed Philip as he preached good news about the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. Even Simon himself believed, and after being baptized, he continued with Philip. And seeing signs and great miracles performed, he was amazed. Now, when the apostles at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent to them Peter and John, who came down and prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. For he had not yet fallen on any of them, but they had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then they laid their hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. Now when Simon saw that the Spirit was given through the laying on of the apostles' hands, he offered them money, saying, Give me this power also, so that anyone on whom I lay my hands may receive the Holy Spirit. But Peter said to him, may your silver perish with you because you thought you could obtain the gift of God with money. You have neither part nor lot in this matter, for your heart is not right before God. Repent, therefore, of this wickedness of yours and, and pray to the Lord that, if possible, the intent of your heart may be forgiven. For I see that you are in the gall of bitterness and in the bond of iniquity. And Simon answered, pray for me to the Lord that nothing of what you've said may come upon me. Now, when they testified and spoken the word of the Lord, they returned to go to Jerusalem, preaching the gospel to many villages of the Samaritans. The word of the Lord. The Lord. Yeah. Amen. Well. Church, there is uh, quite a bit in here that I'm excited to dive into uh, and just different ways that we can see how Jesus moves and works through the scriptures, which is absolutely beautiful. Ricky, just kind of in this first section, uh, verses four through eight, um, is there any kind of things that maybe light up your eyes that you see? Um, yeah, I mean... You know, I mean, I mean, first, you know, th this is like the, you know, in the previous section, it, it's kind of like in general, and you see it in verse four that there's this general preaching of the word, um, you know, as the persecution happened and they're going out to these different places. And so, so this is really cool that, that, you know, that this is now the, it's leaving Jerusalem or, you know, just the movement, the kingdom of God, but it, it, you see it just with Philip, you know, Philip's not an apostle. He was one of those um, seven guys that was back in Acts six. Um, you know, that was full of the spirit, full of wisdom, good, you know, good repute that was serving the widows. And so, you know, it's just kind of like, again, just like this regular guy that is just going out to, 
to these places um, outside of Jerusalem to just preach the word, you know, that's just what preach Christ, you know, what it says in verse four. Um, so I love that. And, you know, that it goes to Samaria, you know, Samaria was like, not, I mean, people didn't want to go there. Jews, Jews didn't like them that, you know, Samaritans didn't like the Jews. Um, you know, they, these kind of half breeds, you know, they intermarried into the, these foreign people and people thought that was, you know, like covenant unfaithfulness because God commanded them to not do that. But so they just really despise the Samaritans, but that's like, Philip is just like, yeah, he just goes there, um, you know, to just preach Christ. Hey, there's people there. They need the word. So he goes there. But yeah. What about you, man? Yeah. Um, you know, just kind of in, in sitting with this text, you think, yeah, who, who's Philip? Who are the Samaritans? Kind of big questions that you got, Ricky. Great job. Thanks for answering those. Uh, Philip's also a Greek. So that's something mm. to kind of take into. He, he's not a Jew, um, yet he's, following right jesus who who was a jewish man uh and so he's preaching of the the jewish god essentially and so for him to walk into a samaritan village and to start talking about this god is kind of a big deal because the samaritans didn't really believe everything that the jews believed they kind of had some differences if we go to john chapter 4 with jesus and the woman at the well she kind of brings up the fact that the the jews and the samaritans they they actually think that they should worship on a completely different mountain uh you know the samaritans don't believe that uh that any anything past the first five books of the bible are true they kind of stick to the first five books so there's a lot of stuff there that just kind of makes them a little different but for philip to go into the city is is a bigger deal um but the there's beauty in it because we look when he says in verse four it says that he was preaching the word um this this word preaching means evangelize right in the greek text that's that's what that means um and so we know that Philip's going into the town to actually share words with these people. He's not going just to kind of be a good person, right? We see these really cool, crazy things that happen with the crowds who pay attention. And then Philip heals some people. Spirits are crying out out loud. People um, were paralyzed and are no longer paralyzed. And, And those are good, beautiful things that Philip does while he's in that Samaritan city. Um, but he primarily goes to evangelize. He primarily goes to to preach the word of God. And so uh, there's a reality church that we need to speak words with people. Uh, There's a reality that we can be good, moral, kind, loving people in our lives um, each and every single day, right? Like we should definitely do that, but we should also speak Jesus's name. We should also actually talk to people about who Jesus is. Uh, when I was in high school, we had this uh, friend who was kind of, um, they, their house was like the, the place where we would go to all the time. Um, and her, the parents were, were awesome. They were super nice people. Uh, Ricky, I don't know if you guys had a, a set of friends like this at all, but we would always go over to their house. And there, there was, that was kind of the spot where we would go to hang out. But uh, as we're sitting there, they're amazing. And I come to find out years later, right, that they're believers, but they'd never kind of once brought up Jesus to me or that I remember that I don't remember ever saying grace before dinner or anything like that. Uh, So there was just kind of these moments 
that I walked away knowing that they're really nice, but never knowing that they actually followed Christ. And, and so church, the challenge for us is to not just be nice people, but to actually go towards the lost people and not just try to do good things, but also say something, right? To talk about Jesus with people. So that's kind of the a, a really large theme that I see kind of in this first chunk and section is that uh, it starts with, you know, Philip going and preaching the word and it ends in verse eight with, so there was so much joy in that city and and there's joy because the gospel does something beautiful. Yeah. Well, and like, uh, like just going over what you said, um, you know, in verse five, it says, Philip went down to the city of Samaria or yeah. And proclaimed to them the Christ. You know, so yes. like, but you know, um, you know, like, then it says the next verse six is say, and I kind of underline is they said that they paid attention to what was being said, mm. Philip, when they heard him and saw the signs that he did, and I think a lot of times, like, like you, you know, you mentioned is like, I think I think we either tend to like move towards one or the other, you know, that it's like, hey, either I'm going to be a really good person, which I think is probably a little bit more prevalent in our culture. You know, I think that's what you're saying. It's like, hey, I'll just be a nice person. Hey, I'll just show people that I'm a Christian by my actions. And I would say that's a good thing to do. Um, I mean, people should see Jesus in us. They should, you know, like, I, I mean, it would be tough to be a jerk. And then people are like, <laughs> you know. You know, so I think that that's definitely we should be we we should be showing um, people love, you know, uh, serving them, helping them, um, all of those things. But 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 it, in that, it's a sign. You know, like it says this, they saw the signs. Hey, what 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 Philip is doing is good. Um, it, it is getting their attention. It is something that is attractive um, when somebody's being kind. But it's a sign that's like, hey pointing them to something else. You know, it's, I mean, it's like a sign in anything. Like if, um, you know, remember when we were, um, in Florida, like a year and a half ago going to Disneyland or Disney world. And there's like, you know, these signs like, Oh, Hey, turn next exit is magic kingdom. Right. And then the point isn't the sign it's, Oh, the sign is pointing me to something. Yeah. That's good. Our good deeds, which, which again, we sh- you know, that should, the gospel should move us to love other people in tangible ways. But it's like, hey, it's it's not pointing to, hey, I'm a good person. It's like, hey, this is something that that God can use to be, you know, to, to help point to him. And so that it's like when they heard and saw the signs that he did, you know, it's like, hey, so that it's all it's both this doing and, and saying that is ultimately just pointing to Christ. But, yeah, I like what you said that it's. I think we can, we tend to just, cause it's safer, right? I mean, nobody's going to probably hate me cause I'm a nice person. Yeah. Typically. But if it's like, Hey, Hey, can I have a conversation with you about Jesus or just who, what he's done in my life or, Hey, who, what do you think he is that, you know, that, that, that we, we feel it, we feel the tension. And even Jesus said, Hey, you know, my name's going to be this offense. It's going to be this, thing that can rub people the wrong way. So I I love that, that it's, um, you know, that, that man, we should not be ashamed to just proclaim the good news. Um, because I just think, Hey, God, God, Jesus isn't ashamed of us. 
you know, like I, I do mess up. I don't have all those things, but then Jesus is like my advocate before the father, you know, so like not ashamed of me at all. But Yeah, that's good. So, uh, city light for you guys, when Ricky or I from the pulpit or whoever from the pulpit will say something like, Hey, we want you to share the gospel or we want you to evangelize or we want you to be a witness. What we mean by that, it is not just be good, right? It, it's not just be a kind, nice person. Uh, but we want you to actually talk about Jesus with people. It, it's crucial. Uh, if people never hear the name of Jesus, if, if people don't know that they're saved by faith alone and not their own works, then they're lost. They're lost people. And so when we use this word evangelize or share the gospel, what we mean is share the good news, the message of Jesus Christ what he's done on the cross with someone to help them know and follow Jesus as Lord through repentance and faith, right? To see the actual joy of the fact that Jesus came for us, that he died, paid for our sin, and that we could have everlasting life with him, that we could have complete joy with the God of the universe. It's just a beautiful truth. But if we don't actually say something, then people won't know. Right. That it's the same thing Ricky was talking about. All, all those good signs that we do are, are beautiful, beautiful things. Matthew uh, chapter five, uh, verse 14. This is actually where City Light gets gets their whole name from. Right. In Matthew 514, it says this. Uh, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand. And it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Right, church? We can we can kind of be the lampstand, but it, it's almost like if we don't actually talk to people about Jesus, maybe this illustration doesn't make sense, but it's almost like we've got the the actual like cover still on. But if you take the cover off, right, you can see it and it's like full, it fills the entire room. Uh, and, and that's what actual conversations with people about Jesus, right, uh, allow. They allow for them to see Jesus for who he really is because we're actually talking to them about him. And so that's the beauty of, of what we kind of see with Philip is he gives all the glory to God by going in and proclaiming Christ, by preaching the word and people, crowds with one accord paid attention to what was being said by Philip because the gospel brings joy and, and it's absolutely beautiful. Uh, Ricky, any more thoughts on kind yeah, of this first you, section or any of that? One thing before we go to the next section, I love what you said, man. And I, you know, I'm just thinking through this is like, what, <clears throat> you know, because sometimes, uh, um, yeah, even though I'm a pastor, I'm like, well, I don't really want to talk to you about Jesus. Um, I just kind of want you to know. And, <laughs> and, and, and I think it, it can actually be more comfortable talking about Jesus in a sermon than it can at, at my dinner table, um, you know, with somebody or, or my yeah. neighbor you know, in my driveway. Um, you, you know, I, I guess because if somebody doesn't like it at church, they just won't be back next week. But then my neighbor is still over there. Um, so, so I just think of like, Hey, what, like the things that, that help me like God, you know, just one of just asking God for help, you know, God just give me strength to do this, but this kind of like what else motivates me. 
You know, one of the things I think is just like two main things is just that really helped at least motivate me in that is one is seeing like knowing that people so need Jesus, mm-hmm. right? I mean, like Philip goes to Samaria to preach the word because it's like, they don't know. So there's such a need for him to go there because why they just don't know Jesus and, and everything, you know, we've read, Hey, there's no other name under heaven and, you know, by which people can be saved other than the name of Jesus. So it's like, man, if I don't, if they don't know Jesus, like they don't have eternal life, they don't know God, they're still lost in their sin. So like, there's such like all of my, you know, all of our neighbors, people in our workplace, wherever it is, it's just like, and they need Jesus. I think the other thing for me that really motivates me is actually, um, is more and more so just being captivated by what God has done for me. Yeah. If I am so just understand that God loves me the way he, that he does, then I just kind of tend to care less about what somebody else thinks of me because I'm just like, like I so badly want them to have that because it's like, I mean, it's, you know, if it's like I went to some place and they had amazing tacos, you know, I'd just be like, oh my gosh, you've got to try this place. Like, you're so good. Let's go. You know, but if it was like more and more, if I'm just like actually just soaked up with like, man, God is so good. Jesus is amazing. It, then, then of course I'm, I'm like so wanting that for somebody else. Um, I don't know. So I think those are a couple of things that motivate me, but, but yeah, but I, yeah, I love that. That's so good, Ricky. Uh, so we know Jesus, kind of greatest gift we could ever have. Tacos, real quick, Ricky, where's the best tacos our church could get? Like it, Dude, I don't know, man. I, I kind of like super taco. Or taco. <laughs> hey, BJ, love you, man. Uh, the tacos. Relax nachos with flour chips and taco. That's awesome. Uh, sweet. So uh, let's move on to the next section. Ricky and I could go on forever, but uh, we know that you guys have uh, some stuff to do. So let's keep digging into the God's word. Um, let's read this next section. Um, let's go from nine uh, through 17. Um, it says this, but there was one man named Simon who had previously practiced magic in the city and amazed by the people or amazed the people of Samaria saying he himself was somebody great. They all paid attention to him from the least to the greatest saying, this man is the power of God that is called great. And they paid attention to him because for a long time he had amazed them with magic. But when they believed Philip, as he preached the good news about the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. Even Simon himself believed after being baptized, he continued with Philip and seeing signs and great miracles he performed. He was amazed. Now, when the apostles at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent to them Peter and John, who came down and prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit, for he had not yet fallen on any of them, but they had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then they laid their hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. There is so much in there. The the first thing that I absolutely love out of this section is the fact where it says, uh, Simon, who had previously practiced magic in the city, amazed the people of Samaria, saying that he himself was somebody great. Like the dude literally says, yeah, I'm pretty amazing. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like I want people to think I'm amazing, but I'm not going to say I'm amazing. But this reminds me, man, like, (laughs) When you were, we have these staff times where we, once a month, we'll come together and we'll, we'll make breakfast. And uh, so we're at Alex's house last month 
and he's cooking pancakes and stuff. We get done. I mean, it was good. You know, I mean, it, it was. It wasn't like you know amazing. It was good. Uh, and Alex is like, mmm, that was a good breakfast." He's like looking around. I mean, like, I don't want to say that I know what was going on in your heart, Alex, but like, <laughs> but you're 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 like. Yeah, I'm kind of saying I'm a great breakfast maker, uh, you know. Like, but what, what, you know, what, what were you thinking? I, I mean, can you relate to Simon in any way? <laughs> I don't know, man. I I might have been fishing for compliments, but I. So, okay, totally honest with you guys, I had no idea that I did that until the staff team started making fun of me for it. <laughs> And I think even later that day or maybe the next day we're sitting in the offices or something and Hayden starts calling me out because I did it again with something else. And I had no idea I did it. So uh, there are many times where I like to kind of boast myself up and uh, try to take the glory, honestly, whether it's something small like breakfast, right? Like that, that can totally happen where you're like, man, I just, I wish somebody would kind of compliment me. I worked I worked hard on that. It's kind of fun. Uh, but at the same time, there, there's the reality that we sometimes as people love to take the credit, right? We, we love to take the glory for ourselves because we want our own glory. We want our own name to kind of be praised and worshiped and, and all this stuff that kind of comes with it. And that, that's a little bit of what we see as Simon, uh, or a lot of it actually of what we kind of see as Simon in his story, how he's kind of got maybe this little arrogance where he's like, yeah, I'm, I'm doing this magic. People are watching, they're following me. Uh, and that struck a chord for me. I mean, over the last week and a half, two weeks, as I've been studying this section, it, it really hit me because it, it convicted me because Which, I thought well glad as a staff team <laughs> that it could, you know, I'm making it. <laughs> yeah, I, I needed it, bro. I needed it. <laughs> but it, it's just real that as I'm studying this, I was just like, man, I'm, I'm Simon so much in the story. Like I, we like to think that we're Philip. We like to think that we're the people who are doing good things and sharing the gospel. But if we check our hearts and if we call ourselves right to repentance, we, we have to see there's there's so many times where we try to lift ourselves up. We we love the attention. We we love the praise. We love the glory. We love the credit. Whatever it is, I I know for me personally, I always want to lift myself up, and I and I I I love the attention and all that stuff that that brings. Um, and, and so I feel like I'm just always trying to eat that up and uh and, and walk with that. So you know, I mean, like. Um, well, one, man, I super appreciate you being honest, you know, just say like saying, Hey, I want, I want to be, you know, Hey, view, uh, Simon here called himself great. I want, I want to be thought of as great. Um, and, and w- want that kind of, um, you know, that praise, um, and, and just that, that for people to think of those things of me. And, you know, even if we're not like saying it ourselves, we want somebody else to say it or think it. Um, I mean, you know, it, it could be, man, I want somebody to think, I mean, I want people to think I'm a great pastor. I want people to trust me um, in our workplaces. You know, hey, I want somebody to think I'm doing a great job. I want my boss to, be, you know, notice, man, who did that project? And if it's like, you know, me and somebody, you know, it's maybe like, well, but I kind of want you to think of it's more me. I did a great job, um, you know, or or even just like, I think, <clears throat> the, the you know, even when we post stuff like on social media, you know, we want people to think that we look a certain way that we have a certain kind of life, that we're a certain kind of parent. Um, 
And, and you know, and I think a lot of that is always just like looking for this approval or, or a certain kind of attention from from other people and it's weird because you know as a parent like sometimes i'll notice my kids and they'll do things to get my attention but then i'm like and people think that we're so much different than little kids and i'm like we're really not we we just have more sophisticated ways of getting the attention um but but yeah i mean like you know and i i i think and i guess this just one more thing with this is like you know hey if 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 we're always looking to jesus in the gospel, then we're not going to be so concerned with getting attention. Hey, if, if I know that because of God's goodness, I always have the attention of my good, perfect father. I always have yes. the, my good, perfect father, that acceptance, then, then I don't need to find it from like another person or from, you know, a far kind of like lesser place than what I already have purchased for me in Jesus. No. <clears throat> that's good that is so good and so true ricky i i think yeah we we cling to people's approval whether it's a spouse a boss a, a friend or people we just think are awesome right like there's people who i frequently try to impress just because i think highly of them because i respect them so much and i want i want them to think you know that of me as well um but the reality is if i remember right my identity is in Jesus, if I remember my identity in Christ, the fact that I, I'm I'm God's son, that he's adopted me, that he's brought me into his family, uh, that I don't need to fight for the approval or try to take the glory from him, that I can just clearly give it to him. I'm like, God, you're so amazing that you gave me life. I'm going to give everything to you, all of the glory, all of the attention is always going to point back mm-hmm. to you. Um, and, and so that's, that's, such a truth that we can cling on to. So I love that you said that, Ricky. Um, a couple of things. There's there's questions here that are just hard that we have to wrestle with through the text, right? Like I think what the kind big of magic did he do, right? Yeah, and, like, like hey, is he he's like an ancient Chris Angel, you know, <laughs> like or I mean, there's these just slide of hands, or is this like some sort of real magic? And then it yeah. makes me it so that I could then do it and impress people. I, I wish I knew how to do like, like a card trick or something. So I could maybe do a card trick as an illustration. (laughs) Yeah, pretty good. Uh, So uh, regardless of whether it was sleight of hand or if it was like demonic powers, uh, the the reality is he was doing it for his own attention, right? That that's kind of the bigger thing. We, we can speculate, we can dive in and go, Oh, well, there was like exorcisms happening with Philip. So maybe it was demonic and it's Samaria. They're worshiping kind of false gods and stuff. Uh, or you can just go, no, he was probably just trying to lie to people and deceive them. And so he deceived them with sleight of hand. So whatever way it was, the point is that what's that? Well, yeah. I was just saying, we don't really know. But... Yeah. We, we don't really know. So, but we, we do know that he was trying to take the glory, right? That that's kind of the main thread. And so, but that moves us to kind of the next question, right? The, the, the Samaritans come to faith, Philip preaches the good news and they believe what Philip has preached, right? They're seeing this crazy cool stuff and they're saying, yeah, that Simon guy, he, he's great. And they're probably saying he's great because Simon said he was great. And so they're just like, yeah, he says he's great. So he is, but um, they're, they're giving him all the attention, but the gospel's got this beautiful power that nothing that stands next to Jesus, nothing that stands next to God's glory or who he is or what he's done even comes 
close to who he is, right? Like that that's the real beauty is we see that God saves people in a really sweet way, that there is nothing that is even close to as powerful as God's amazing grace. And so people believe, they repent of their sin, they're baptized, and we get to celebrate that. But then uh, there's something kind of crazy that happens because we read as as Peter and John come down to visit, right? The yeah, Holy hold, Spirit hold. doesn't fall. Hold, hold, yeah, hold on. That's a okay. great question. I want us to get to that. But just going off what you said, like, you know, because you're saying, hey, even though he is able to do these magic tricks or that, you know, it has some sort of pizzazz to it, but the greater glory is in Christ. And, and I just think of like uh, in verse six and then in verse 10, it has, uh, it listed both in that word they, that they were, they paid attention. You know, they paid attention to him. They paid attention to what Philip was doing and saying. And I just think like, man, because like you said, because that glory is so much greater in Christ, then it's just like, what are we giving our attention to? Mm. Like Elvin said uh, a few weeks ago, uh, worship is whatever you give your attention, affection, and allegiance to. And a lot, I mean, a lot of it is is that attention. And if it's like, if because Jesus is so much greater, then it's like, hey, our focus, our attention, what our mind is is looking to, um, you know, and it's kind of like almost like their old glory or old things that they were looking at. That, that wasn't working for him anymore. And so now they're like actually paying attention to the greater glory in the gospel of Jesus. So, but anyways, I, I don't know. I just was thinking that while you were saying stuff, but, but yeah, keep going with the the other weird part when Peter and John. Yeah, bro. That's all you, you get to answer that question. What's going on with the Holy spirit? What's going yeah, on? Cause it, it is weird because you know, they, they, the Samaritans believe or a bunch of them believe, but they didn't get the, you know, that says that they received the word. Um, and they came down and prayed for them so that they might receive the spirit. And in reading this, it, you know, uh, it's one of those passages, like sometimes you kind of don't really like, you know, because you're like, dang, you know, what's up with this? Um, hey, today, if, if somebody believes in Jesus, when do they get the spirit? Right then, you know, right? Like, right as you believe, you are filled, you're like given the Holy Spirit, the spirit indwells you. You you are made one with Christ. You have this same identification, everything. It talks about that in Romans 6. And, and there isn't, you know, so people can look at this and think like, okay, hey, you could believe. And then sometime later, then you kind of get this other kind of mystical, you know, feeling or, or, or receiving of the spirit. Um, but, you know, again, Acts, the book of Acts is, is a lot of, in a lot of ways is descriptive of what's, so it's describing what's happening rather than prescribing what happens every time. Um, you know, like saying, Hey, you know, it doesn't prescribe saying, Hey, this is how it should be. This is exactly what you should do. That's typically not what Acts is doing. It's more so like just describing what happened. So um, in at, earlier in Acts, when they receive, when they're sitting in the upper room, they, you know, it says that something like, like tongues of fire come down on them and they receive the Holy Spirit. But that doesn't happen basically ever again. And so, so that is just describing to you the event. It's not prescribing to you what should happen every time. And here it's doing the same thing. You know, it's not prescribing to us, hey, you believe, then sometime later you, you receive the Holy Spirit. Um, it's just saying it here. And, and I, I think the, the reason for that is, is that because as this movement of the gospel, movement of God is going out from Jerusalem to these other places, that when, the, when Jane, or Peter and John come here, it's like they're affirming 
the the gospel message. They're affirming the belief and the faith that is taking place, and in that they're affirming this the that hey the 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 new family, the new church that's being built in Jerusalem that's also happening in Samaria. Um, and you know, and as you kind of start to see the movement go, that, that stop, you know, this this later receiving the spirit doesn't happen anymore because like that confirmation that affirmation of what God is doing and giving him other people, his spirit is already happening. And so they, they, I think that becomes more of the norm later, but here I think it's really just confirming like, a, yeah, affirming uh, the belief, the faith um, and the new family that that's happened. So that's, that's how I read, read this. I would not say that this is something that like is a normal thing that we receive the Holy spirit at a later point um, after belief um you know yes. for us, like hey actually we believe because god has given us the faith to believe him in um, yeah one thing faith. that's yeah go ahead pretty man. yeah one thing that's pretty cool with this is you look at peter and john right both are jewish men so for a jewish man to come into samaria is even more so kind of wild and radical than philip the greek man to come into the town but Peter and John, right, with the laying on of hands, that, like Ricky was saying, that that's an affirmation. Yeah. That's saying, yes, this is true. And so for Peter and John to lay hands on Samaritans, as Jews and and, and Samar- Samaritans and Jews, right, to, who butt heads a lot, who don't even want to walk by each other and go through each other's kind of towns, for them to go into town and to affirm their faith in Jesus, to lay hands on them, to pray over that, that, that is absolutely radically just like, it, it should shape our minds to go, wow, this is huge. Jesus wants his name to be glorified by every tribe, by every tongue, by every nation. And we know that we're going to see that in heaven. And so this is just a small, beautiful picture of the gospel going to the ends of the earth. It's just the start of it as we walk through the uh, this kind of uh, next section in the book of Acts. It's really, really sweet. And to go along with uh, you, Ricky, with what you're talking about, prescriptive, descriptive. How do we know which one's which when we're studying the Bible? That That's so good. But one one key thing to to really soak into to to figure out, hey, is, is this passage prescriptive or is it descriptive? Uh, a good question to maybe ask yourself, church, is to go, okay, where else do we see this pattern in scripture? Do we see it multiple times? Is this the only time we see it? Uh, so what does that really mean and, and how I walk? So like we're talking about with, with the Holy Spirit descending on people and, and faith, but it, even with baptism, right? As we see baptism throughout the scriptures, we see, hey, this is something that people respond to in faith. And so we, we can, that's why we as a church affirm that baptism uh, is believers baptism and why we walk through it that way. Uh, but that's just kind of an example. How, how do you determine whether something is prescriptive or descriptive? Um, is it a direct command, uh, different things like that, that you can poke and prod with. That's really, really beautiful. And so we get to see that rich beauty just in this section with, uh, with the Samaritans and, and Philip and, um, and Peter and John coming down to just say, Hey, we're going to lay hands. We're going to, bring unity and say the kingdom of God is working and moving. Uh, and, and so we're just going to pray that God would continue to do something. Holy spirit descends, super, super sweet moment that we get to see uh, just before us as we read this section. You know, I love what you, you like, 
that's a really good coaching, you know, thing for all of us. Uh, you, you know, as we read the Bible, you know, not just like, like you said, Hey, what, how do we know if it's prescriptive or descriptive? What does the rest of scripture say? I think also like in that same vein of like, Hey, what if I don't completely understand a passage or, or Hey, is it kind of saying this and it seems fuzzy then, Hey, what might feel unclear, go to other parts of scripture to help make it clear, you know, because other places it might actually be a little bit more clear and that'll help you make, you know, clarity of, of, you know, something that seems fuzzy is just to like look at the rest of scripture. So man, I love that, that you pointed that out. That's so. sweet. Uh, well, let's keep moving. Let's uh, get yeah. to this last section here. Uh, verse 18, it says this. Uh, now, when Simon saw that the spirit was given through the laying on of hands, um, he offered them money saying, Give me this power also so that anyone on whom I lay my hands may receive the Holy Spirit. But Peter said to him, may your silver perish with you because you thought that you could obtain the gift of God with money. You have neither part nor law in this matter for your heart is not right before God. Repent, therefore, of this wickedness of yours and pray to the Lord that if possible, the intent of your heart may be forgiven you. Maybe forgiven you. Yep. Uh, for I see that you are in the gall of bitterness and in the bond of iniquity. And Simon prayed, or Simon answered, pray for me to the Lord, that nothing of what you have said may come upon me. Now, when they testified and spoken the word of the Lord, they returned to Jerusalem, preaching the gospel to many villages in the, uh, in to many villages of the Samaritans. Sorry. Uh, but, uh, yes. So we see some uh, tension kind of come right earlier. We talked about how the gospel brings joy uh, and it does bring beautiful joy because people come to see who Jesus is and they get the, the greatest gift that they could ever receive. But here in this section, we also see that the gospel uh, brings tension uh, as Simon kind of turns to Peter and John and he's like, Oh my gosh, that was amazing. The Holy spirit just came and all you had to do was put hands. And so he tries to buy the Holy spirit off. He's like, Hey, how much do I have to pay you so I could get that gift? Uh, and so we see Simon's wicked heart again, right. Kind of come through in this section, how he goes, well, let me try and buy God off. Let, let me see if I can get the gift to, maybe try and impress some people or uh, try to keep getting these powers. And maybe he's got good intentions with it, but we see his heart actually is to say, Hey, I, I kind of want the powers. I want to be able to do what they're doing. Um, and, and so we start to see this, this build for Simon to go back to trying to take glory from God, right. To try to look at God and say, Hey, I'd rather have that gift or that power rather than actually have Jesus, right? So he starts to look at this tension and go, man, I want the gift rather than the giver. Um, And so we see kind of the wickedness of his heart here in that section. Um, But uh, yeah, Ricky, what kind of sticks out to you here? What are you you seeing that's uh, popping before your eyes? I think like we you said, it's just like, Hey, why do we, I mean, could he have wanted the spirit to just be like, Oh, I just want to, if you give me the spirit, then I could go lay hands on other people and they receive the Holy spirit. Like, I mean, maybe, but, but kind of like, we, you know, I think there's some key parts that kind of lend itself to like, Hey, probably his motives aren't really good. And, you know, in verse 22, it says like, repent, you know, Peter commands him repent therefore of the wickedness, this wickedness of yours. And it says, if possible, the intent 
of your heart may be forgiven. You know, he says, hey, it's not like if possible, the action that you just committed, it's the intent of your heart. But, you know, I, I like what you said. It's like, hey, we, we could get focused more on the giver than the, or we could get more focused on the gift than the giver. You know, it's like, hey, what can, what can God do for me rather than how is my life just meant to just, um, you know, be to glorify God. Uh, and, and it's like, he's the prize. Um, and I think a lot of times we get, we get mixed up or, or, or I mean, I do, um, you know, I, I sometimes will think like, I know it's not right, but you still sometimes kind of think about, about it in your mind. I think some people do like, Hey, but if I'm kind of doing the right things, if I kind of, you know, if, if I kind of read my Bible ever so often or, or, or a lot, or if I don't really mess up bad and hey, I kind of treat my kids good and my, you know, all of these things, if I kind of do these things good, or if I kind of give some God, you know, some of my money to God, to the church, whatever, then, then I should kind of have some smooth sailing. God should kind of do that for me. And you, we kind of almost like, we don't exactly say it, but we kind of think it's this deal that we we have with God. Hey, if I do my part, you're going to do your part. Right. And then I think the part where we, an indication that we're kind of thinking that way is then when something bad happens in our lives, we get annoyed with God. And we're with this kind of mentality is like, Hey, you didn't live up to your part. Right. You know, Hey, I, I was kind of, I was kind of doing the things, you know, fitting into the mold. And now, now God, it's, I don't know, you're, you're not doing your part. And I think, you know, for us, well, well, I mean, I guess for, you know, first from God is, I don't, God's like, I never made that deal. <laughs> you know, that if you follow me, that this, this might lead to the world will hate you because of my name. And this might lead to suffering. This might lead to uncomfort, all of these things, and, you know, and it, and God's like, Hey, what I can give you like a blessed life or, or, or nice things or smooth sailing. That's not the treasure. I'm the treasure. You, you know, it's like it, uh, you know, I don't know. I think if, even in like marriage is, you know, when I married Christy, I wasn't like, oh, hey, so that, hey, I'm marrying you so I could get a tax break. And so that, hey, then we could be two dual income and I could live in a sweeter house. And hey, it's just more affordable to get then, you know, to, to for rent and stuff like that. That just, you know, no, it was like, hey, I actually just want you. Um, you know, and I think for us, our relationship with God is just like, Hey, Jesus is the prize. Um, not what you could give me. So I love what you pointed out there. Yeah. Uh, even trying to like wiggle with that, right? Like in marriage, like I think, Oh yeah. When I, I didn't marry Mariah so she could give me back scratches, you know, and sometimes we, we start looking at people or even our relationship with God as the gifts or presents or uh, whatever they can do for us um, rather than, than God himself and how beautiful and wonderful and amazing it is that the God of the universe actually desires to be in an intimate relationship with us. Like how crazy is it that the God of the universe desires to literally sit with us to have us be in a right relationship with him, to sit at the feet of his and, and just say, how's it going today? Mm. What's going on? Let, let me hear your heart. Let me be with you. Let me be a part of your life. Like that's what our father desires for us. And, and yet we so often say, 
oh, God, can you just give me the money? Like, I just want my allowance. You know, we, we just kind of say, I just, I just want to be able to be blessed. I, I want the fancy things in life. And we treat him much more like a bank account than we do a loving father who just desires to sit with us. And, and we desire his, his, his blessings rather than who he is and, and the beauty of having a relationship with him. And um, I, I know I struggle with that. I, I mean, there's times where I just want things that he could give to us. Right. Even thinking of like good things, right. Like uh, when we, like when I pray and beg the Lord that he would grow our church, not for numbers sake, but for that more people would come. There's still ill intention in my heart sometimes where I go, yeah, I, I kind of want to take it back and, and say, man, you know, Ricky and I were able to build a big old church and stuff. You know, there's like the wicked sin in me that I, I have to feel that struggle and go, no, I just want Jesus's name to be glorified. I, I just want more people to know him and to, to have that same relationship that I'm able to have with him, with him. Right. And so there's those things where we just want the blessings or the credit or the glory or whatever more than we want him. Um, and I think all of us struggle with that. So City Light, um, our, my challenge for you guys is, is what is it that's, that's kind of maybe you're feeling like, man, I just want God's blessing rather than God. You know, whether um, it's kind of like, hey, I just want financial security, Lord. Can, can you please just give me that? Then I'll completely commit to you. Lord, I, I just want the house or I just want the family. I want the spouse. I want the degree. I want whatever it is. What is it that you're desiring the blessing more than the actual giver, the father, he himself who desires to have a relationship with you, who wants to be intimate with you? What is it where you're kind of like Simon and saying, no, I, I kind of want the cool gift rather than wanting him himself, right? Uh, so church, what, what is that for you? What, what's kind of in the middle there? Because we know that we could have complete assurance and just saying, no, Jesus, Jesus is the greatest gift I could ever have. Jesus is the greatest thing that could ever happen to my life. And, and so church, maybe for you, it's, it's the fact that you've just clung on to the world or clung on to promises and, and you actually haven't said, Jesus, I, I desire you more than anything. And maybe there's something in you where you haven't actually taken the step of faith to have a real relationship with Jesus, where church has just kind of been something you've done with your family. And it's never actually been your own decision to actually have a right relationship with Christ. And so maybe maybe that's what it is for you, church. If that's you, I, I beg you to look to Jesus, the actual giver, the one who gave his life for you so that you could have life with him, the one who rose on the third day so that you could have everlasting life, complete joy with Jesus, the King. If that's you, I, I beg you to release whatever it is that you're holding on to and know that he's the greatest gift. He is better than anything you could ever ask or imagine here on this earth. And, and he will give you complete joy in heaven, eternity with him. Yeah, that's good. Well, and I mean, and that's what, what Paul or yeah, what Peter is saying here, you know, even when he says to repent, mm-hmm. it's like, not like, hey, re- hey, get rid of the wrong action. That's not what he's saying. He's like, actually, hey, turn away from this intent that's in your heart and turn to Jesus. You know, like, hey, don't look at the the gift that you could give and and wanting that. Turn to the giver in Christ, you know, and repent. 
turn to Christ. And I think, you know, sometimes when we hear that word repent, you know, that we've, we, we don't like that word because it feels just like kind of fall in line, do the right thing, you know, change, yeah, change your behavior. But it's like, Hey, you know, repentance is actually this thing of, Hey, whatever it is I'm thinking, uh, I'm believing that's wrong. Uh, believing that's a lie or beholding something else that isn't Jesus. Repentance is, Hey, turn away from that, but turn to Jesus, not turn away from the bad action to a good action, but it's turn away from this improper belief or this, this lesser thing that we're beholding and then turn to Christ. And then that he will change us that he, you know, as we believe the right thing in Jesus, then our, our actions will follow from from that right belief, from that identity in Christ. And so he, he calls, calls that. And I think too, like, uh, you know, kind of switching gears is just when he says, you know, Hey, you thought you could buy the, you know, or what, what does he say there? He says, you thought you could obtain the gift of God with money. Hey, so you thought you could buy something that was meant to be a gift. Yeah. Buy gifts, you receive gifts. And, and I think for us in our, just in our salvation, you know, like, Hey, how do I, how do we, you know, because we all have this, we all have a similar mentality of even coming to Christ in the, in the first place is like, man, is this is salvation, this, um, heaven or being forgiven of my sins. Is this a, something that I can obtain, you know, by being a really good person, by not doing bad things or, you know, what, or because I went to church or I, you know, prayed a prayer when I was little or I got baptized when I was little, whatever. Hey, because I did all the right things, checked all the right boxes. Hey, then can I obtain God? Can I obtain the, the, all of these things? And it's like, no, Peter's saying, hey, it's, it's not something you could buy with your money, with your good works. You, it's a gift. Uh, and your salvation is a gift that Jesus has given you that, you know, that, that we can have totally by grace through faith, uh, by Jesus alone. And I think, you know, for us in any of these things is just always to remember like, man, that is a gift. We can't like coerce God to give us eternal life. We can't coerce God to give us, you know, any of those things. It's like, no, he is a good father who gives good gifts to his children. And namely that gift is himself. Yeah. In there. Right. Yeah. That's good. I I I think it's really easy to read this passage and maybe go, dang, I kind of I kind of feel bad for Simon. Peter kind of came at him a little hard. You, you, you get that tension and you go, oh, dang, I feel bad for that guy. But it's actually a loving thing that Peter does, right? Like it's really loving for him to go, dude, your your heart's not in the right spot. And you need to repent. You you need to turn to Jesus. Like I, I, there's probably been multiple times already, Ricky, where uh, in our relationship, you've looked at me and you go, Alex, I don't, you got to turn to Jesus with that man. Uh, and, and that's a loving thing to, to happen from a brother, right? That's a loving thing for someone to turn to you and go, actually, you, you need to turn to Christ. Like your heart is wicked in that your heart is not right. You're in the gall of bitterness and, and you need to turn to Jesus and that's something that we have to wrestle with because the Christian life is a life of repentance, right? The Christian life is it's constantly seeing our sin and saying, man, I hate that. I, I want to walk away from that because I want to walk towards Jesus. I want to walk towards holiness so that people will see that I am a light so that I can give glory to my good father so that I can give glory to him. Uh, and I think the longer I walk with Jesus, right, it, it, 
the more sin I see in my life. It's almost like the, the more I know Jesus, the more I see my sin and I just go, man, I want to keep walking towards Jesus. And, and that's a good thing that we're able to see it because then we can turn from it, right? That we could actually turn to him with it. Um, and, and so one of those reasons though, that, that I think we, maybe we don't repent or we don't turn from it as we think, oh, we can do it. Like I'll be able to get away with it. Right. Or we don't think it's that bad. And we start thinking, oh, it's just a small sin or I'll give it up next time. Like this is going to be the last time I do it. Um, But it, but we need to crush it. We need to kill the sin and and turn to Jesus. And we need to go to him and say, Jesus, I can't do this on my own. I, I church, I could tell you so many times of, of times where I've tried to crush sin on my own and I've failed miserably miserably because I had no accountability and I had no confession or reliance on the spirit of God to move in my heart and to actually rid that sin from, from like my flesh. I've desired the flesh more than I desired living in the spirit. And so, um, I, I had to take sin, right. And still continually have to take sin to Jesus and say, Lord, I, I can't do this on my own. I need your spirit to give me strength and endurance to continue to turn away. I know I'll keep failing on this life, but I trust that you're going to create in me a clean heart and move me towards obedience in you to actually see how much better you are than that sin. Um, Mm -hmm. And and I think there's times where we go, but I just want that sin one more time. Or we just keep thinking, oh, the next time is going to be the last time. Um, And we don't turn, but actually Jesus is far greater. Like we, like we said, church, Jesus is the greatest gift we could ever receive and walking intimately with him and closely with him brings much more joy than walking one more time with the flesh or saying maybe next time, you know, Jesus is so much better um, than, than whatever it is that you're facing. So church, I, I encourage you to, to turn from that, to say, no, I'm done with it. Get accountability. Ask someone in the church for, for help to continue holding you accountable. Confess that to Christ and say, Lord, would you help me? Help my unbelief, oh Lord. Um, and to turn to him to believe that he's better. Yeah, dude, I love that, that you're just pointing us to not kind of pull ourselves up by our bootstraps, you know, just kind of, hey, just kind of grit it down. But it's, man, actually just go to Christ. Um, man, so I love that. And and I I think too of what, what even motive, like another motivation for us is, you know, we have that help in God, but even you know, another motivation for us to, to repent and turn to Christ is, you know, that to not just stay in our sin is that, you know, Hey, we were like the gospel, you know, but that we were in our sin and, and God could have just left us there. But he's like, no, I'm actually going to turn to you and I'm going to pursue you. And I'm going to send my son Jesus to you so that, so that you will like, not, I won't just leave you in my sin, but so that I could bring you to myself, you know, and really repentance is just like the same thing. Like, Hey, I don't want to be just, you know, staying in my sin, but God through you, through your power, I'm still going to come to to God and you're going to be continually like bringing to me to yourself, not in a salvation way of, you know, anymore after you trust in Christ, but in just like an intimacy way and a walking yeah. in the life that we have in Jesus is that we're, like that's a part of maturity too, is that we continually repent or we actually grow in, in repentance. I feel like I repent more now than I did, you know, five, 10, 15 years ago. Yeah, um, bro. You need it. You need it. Like, yeah, I do um, all the time, man. Cause I, I wrestle with unbelief. I wrestle with 
like Simon wanting to be thought of as great. Um, but, you know, I just think it's, man, it's that goodness of God that, man, I, I, that sin always, it never delivers. It's always a lie. And then I repent because like I am turning to something far greater. I am turning to the one who redeemed me totally by his grace that, that bought me by his grace that loves me. So, so crazy. And I even just think like what motivates me so much is because Jesus loves me so crazy. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, why would I ever want to leave that? Why would I ever not want to grow in intimacy and closeness with a God that loves me like that? would always want that of course and, and this sin is is not that and, and you know and turning to christ who loves me so crazy who bought me so uh you know extravagantly by his blood by his life it's like yes i want you jesus but but even in that it's like man i you know we can be fooled into thinking that something else and like you said hey god help me with that god give me strength to see your goodness to believe, you know, to see those lies and to believe the truth in Christ. So, Yeah. If the spirit is powerful enough, right. To regenerate our hearts, then the spirit's definitely powerful enough to move us towards obedience and, and move us towards Jesus so much more uh, firmly believe that. So, yeah, that's good. So yeah. Ricky. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say, Hey man, uh, we've kind of walked through the passage. Um, one, one kind of big kind of grab that sticks out to you that you can give to our church and say, Hey, here's what's kind of moving in my heart and how, how could it move in your heart? Maybe, um, an application point or something for our church to take away with this. Oh yeah. I mean, I I would first kind of want them to really notice how like you, you try to draw attention to yourself. That may be good. <laughs> I do try to draw attention to myself. I need to repent, bro. I need to. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think, I think for me is um, don't, don't try to like, kind of like what, what Peter says, you tried to obtain a, something with money that was a gift. So I think constantly, whether it's our salvation, whether it's um, just the strength to to move towards Jesus, you know, for us to just keep not trying to obtain something from God that's really a gift. Don't try to obtain more acceptance from God because that's a gift. Don't try to obtain more approval from God because that's a gift. And, and you know, and like kind of like with Simon wanting more glory for himself wanting more people to think he's awesome. It's like, well, man, why do I do that? Because that's all of those things have been given to me in Christ. And there's nothing that can shake that at all because of Jesus. And so just keep looking to the, to the gifts that God has given us. So that'd be for me. What about you, man? Yeah. Um, yeah. Just studying this text and looking at it is just always to give the glory to Jesus uh, two main ways uh, that really stick out and and to kind of thread out for that. I, th- I think Philip is such an example, right? They kind of give him the, nick- the nickname Philip the Evangelist um, as he continues to just preach the gospel uh, and just run after the lost people. To, so to give God glory um, by actually like 
speaking with people and having real conversations. I had someone uh, who's a part of our church actually text me uh, Friday and say, hey, do you want to go on campus and uh, go witness? And, and it was just one of those things. It took me back and I just thought, yeah, I, I need to go have some conversations with people more. I'm not, you know, there's lost people that are in our city. I want to keep giving glory to God and praying that he would um, just be at work and saving people. Uh, so that's the one way. And then the second way, it is just the reality of where, how often am I trying to take the glory from God? How often am I trying to lift myself up or get the good gift from God, but not actually get him or give him the glory when I do get the gift, if he does so choose to bless me that way. Um, so those are kind of the two um, big things for me that I would challenge you church to kind of take, Hey, uh, are you giving glory to the Lord by uh, sharing good news and uh, are you giving glory to the Lord by actually giving him the glory rather than taking it up for yourself? So, yeah. Yeah. Well, church, um, this was so fun. Ricky, I feel so close to and Maybe you don't feel this way at all, but I, I loved that we got to study God's word together like this. So different for us to do this. Um, I, I actually really enjoyed doing this. So I don't know, maybe we should do a podcast or something, but uh, this was a blast. Church, we miss you guys so, so much. Um, we, we know this wasn't exactly what we wanted to do, right? This isn't um, kind of our plan A. We would love to be in the building, gathering, worshiping, singing to Jesus, um, and, and just being able to see you guys. Uh, but it's just kind of circumstances we're in, and that's okay. So we're still making do. We're still worshiping the King by studying His Word together, um, and we've loved it. This has been a blast. So uh, we will. We'll figure out a way to make um, next week work, just so you guys know, church. Um, so plan on being at the building next week. We're uh, excited for however. God moves that way, but we're planning on that for sure with our advisory team and whatnot. Um, so, um, I don't final announcement, Ricky. Yeah, man. Um, no, I'll, I'll close out in prayer and yeah, we will see you next week. Cause you know, and I get it. There are weird circumstances, but you know, like it says in Hebrews, we don't want to be in the habit of not meeting together. Um, you know, as some are in the ha- habit of doing, you know, some, as some are doing that. And so like, it's just like, no, Hey, we're not going to make that a habit of not meeting together. We're going to meet together because that's, you know, the church is got a gathering of God's people. So, um, yeah, let me pray and uh, we'll see you next week for sure. If not sooner, um, heavenly father, God, Lord, we thank you, Lord, that, um, that you are the giver of all good gifts, Lord, and you are the gift, the ultimate gift. And, uh, and Lord, you've given us salvation. You've given us yourself, Lord. You've given us approval. You've given us acceptance, all those things. And so, Lord, because of that, we don't have to worry about stealing your glory um, Lord, or, or, or anything like that. Lord, we, we can live in freedom uh, of wanting to glorify you, Lord, because of how you have saved us, how, uh, of, because of the relationship that we have from you. And Lord, it's actually just for our, our best just joy life lord is to give you glory lord um you're big you you deserve it lord um, but also you're the only really big enough thing lord to have the full attention of our lives to have the full attention of our hearts to have the full just affection of our of our souls and, and just to be surrendered to to you god and uh, so lord help us to continue to give you the glory and lord give us strength lord to point other people to you um Lord, and to verbally just say, Lord, the good news and who Jesus is and what you've done in our lives, Lord, because this 
this world is lost, is broken, is, is dying. And you are the hope of the world. Um, and praise you, God, that we know you and we have the hope of the world in Jesus, Lord, and that we can share this beautiful, wonderful news um, to others, Lord, so that they can know Christ. Um, so give us that strength. Give us that courage. We ask this in your name. Amen. Amen. See you later, church. We love you guys. Love you.